know about you, but I was glad when they said unto me, come let us go into the house of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Because I don't know about you, but when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul can't help but cry out. Hallelujah. 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 I thank God. Hallelujah. For saving me. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. First, giving an honor to God who is the source and the strength of my life. And I honor the angel of this church, Bishop Benjamin Watts. Yeah, give him a hand. Give him a hand. I was blessed to take classes from him. He was my professor at HIU, and it was a blessing to me. I've learned a lot. Amen, amen. I would like to acknowledge the First Lady, First Lady Watts. Amen. I bring you greetings from the senior pastor of the Eastern Baptist Tabernacle Church, the Reverend Dr. C.L. Stallworth, and the entire Eastern family. And I would like to acknowledge my sister friend, my sister in Christ, Lisa Shepard, who has traveled with me to be here, and our media technician, Dominic G., is also here with us from East End on this morning. I'm not going to say that I won't be before you long because I've noticed that when preachers say they're not going to be before you long, they mean just the opposite. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So I really mean it. I'm not going to be before you long. <laughs> My scripture this morning is being lifted from the book of Luke the 13th chapter, verses 10 through 13. And I will be reading from the NIV version. And it reads, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been bent over by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmities. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, for this day we say thank you. I thank you, God, for this assignment that you have appointed unto me. Father, I have studied and prepared, but yet, God, your anointing is needed in this moment. Father, take control of my tongue so that I may speak clearly and that I am in with rhythm, in rhythm with you. Take control of my mind so that my will is in agreement with you. God, use me. Use me up and use me again until someone under the sound of your voice and even me, God, may be edified, strengthened, and encouraged. But God, that only you and only you get the glory, honor, and praise. It is in Jesus' name that I ask these things. Amen. My subject for this morning is faith in affliction. Faith in affliction. 
The account of the healing of the bent over woman is peculiar to the Gospel of Luke. This story is all about the action of Jesus towards the crippled woman. But most commentators regard this story as primarily an illustration of the attitude of Jesus towards the law of the Sabbath and on the attitude of the rulers of the synagogue. However, this account is a lesson on faith. One of the greatest challenges Jesus continually gave his followers were to have faith. He knew that having faith held the power to make things happen. Peter needed faith and walked on water. The woman with the issue of blood needed faith to be healed after 12 years of no hope. Faith enabled the blind to see and brought the dead back to life. Scripture says on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been bent over by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all, bent over from a condition that caused her body to disintegrate in structure and support. A condition that tore away her condition, her confidence, and peace of mind. A spirit, if you will, that caused her shame, lack of self-esteem, pain, and mental distress. Scripture says she was dealing with a spirit. Now, she was not spirit, demon spirit possessed. She was oppressed by the spirit. But what is it about this woman that enabled her to maintain her faith despite her affliction? Well, first, she maintained faith in affliction by attending church. Luke does not tell us too much about this woman. She has no name. We know nothing about her social status or her background, but he tells us one most important thing, that she went to church. She was a woman of faith who made it her business to go to the church house. She pressed her way on her path with relentless endurance to the synagogue on the Sabbath day for 18 years faithfully. She faced barriers in her life with tenacity and grace because her faith was anchored in God. But what I admire most about her is that it didn't matter to this sister what she was feeling emotionally on the inside or how she looked physically. It didn't matter what type of mental state she was in. It didn't matter what to her what people would say she was a woman who went to church oh no she didn't have it easy she she couldn't do the many things she she would do and things that we often take for granted she couldn't easily climb in and out of bed she couldn't probably take care of herself she couldn't look at herself in the mirror she couldn't even have an intimate or a comfortable social life but she came to church that should be a positive note for us that whatever life presents us to do don't forget to go to church she 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 went to church she could not draw peace from her surroundings but she found it when she was in church oh it it was not it it was it was when she got to the church that the water within her started to flow in the presence of the lord she found a well within her enough to have the faith to become her rock you know church is when our feet touch holy ground that one can find peace and comfort in god because there's something about being 
happening in the atmosphere of the believers in the sweet presence of God. There's something about when the saints get together, singing and clapping of the hands and stomping of the feet, praising the one and only true God. It gives you an opportunity to connect and draw closer to God. It takes our mind off our troubles and you begin to realize that there is somebody in your life who holds the power that's bigger than any problem that you could ever have. <laughs> Scripture confirms that there is nothing impossible or too hard for God. Do I have a witness in here this morning? There's something about being in the presence of the sweet spirit of the Lord which fills our hearts with joy that puts our minds at ease. When we're at church, you'll find yourself forgetting about your troubles and you'll begin to hear the words in your mind that says, my faith, hallelujah, looks up to thee, thy Lamb of Calvary, Savior, Savior divine. Or you might begin to think on the words, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust a fleet of flame, but wholly lean, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ. Hallelujah. On Christ. She went to church. But there's more. Second. She maintained faith in affliction because she held on to her hope. This bent over woman's faith would not allow her to let go of her hope in Jesus Christ. You would have thought she would have given up on hope. Oh, it's so easy to do, you know. She was bent over. She was tired. But she was a woman of hope despite her affliction. She held on to her expectation, to her desire and belief in the fulfillment of her healing. She had a value of an outcome of the uncertain, but yet the possible. I believe this woman went on her daily lives with optimism. She was looking to the future with assurance. She didn't allow her affliction to control her. She controlled it. You know, I believe, hallelujah, that it didn't matter to her if God didn't answer her prayers on last Sunday. I believe it didn't matter to her that a door had not yet been opened to her. This bent over woman, she still held on to hope. She had the kind of hope that kept her focused on God and the expected blessing in spite of her affliction. She held on to that kind of hope that kept her faithfully committed to moving forward in spite of her affliction. I was reading about a woman by the name of Yvette Zavarsis, a radio host, an activist, and a three-time breast cancer survivor. And in her documentary, she says, and I quote, I had a couple key items in my healing arsenal. She went on to chemotherapy appointments dressed in specialty armor. Drowning out the enemy, her headphones blasted worship music. And she says, but while I had a treatment plan guided by my medical team, I had a prescription of my own that may have been the most powerful protection of all my life. My hope that God would one day heal me completely of breast cancer. Psalms 119, 114 says, you are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. Finally, 
She maintained faith in affliction because she heard the voice of Jesus. The Bible says he called her and she came out. Jesus said the sheep follow him and they know his voice. Hearing the voice of God is the very essence of following him. This bent over woman heard the voice of God by listening and remembering what she had already heard in his word. My brothers and my sisters, we have been equipped to hear the voice of God through his indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the voice of the Lord comes through a sense of peace or joy that covers the body in moments of chaos and affliction. Sometimes the voice of the Lord comes through a wisdom in our situations. And sometimes God speaks to you for you, for what you are going through. The Bible says he called her and she came out. It was like that structure of the many songs we sing. There was a call and a response. I don't know if he yelled out, bent over lady, or if he called her by name, but Jesus called her and she responded. She said yes to him and she began to move closer to God. You see, in times of affliction, when we hear the voice of God, we must respond with confidence, conviction, and trust that whatever he speaks to you, if you have faith in what he says, he will do it. That was the key component to this woman's healing and the key component to our healing today. It is that what God the Father has spoken to us that he, in this case, invited this woman to come. She came, but she came to Jesus. And it was Jesus who sensed the healing she received. And since Jesus is in perfect union with the will of his Father, whatever this woman wanted would be granted unto her. This bent-over woman responded to the interior invitation she was given by God. Jesus is calling someone on this morning. You've been bent over too long. Jesus then made a pronouncement, woman, thou art loosed. He used a verb, a verb in the second person singular, meaning all Jesus did was look at her and spoke, you are released. When Jesus speaks, you know great things happens. You do remember when the widow's son from Neon, he was being carried out on a funeral procession. Jesus stopped and then spoke, young man, get up. When Jesus spoke, a paralyzed man at the pool of Bethesda picked up his bed and walked. When Jesus speaks, things happen in your life. And Jesus has that same power to speak into your life to whatever is weighing you down. Hallelujah. When Jesus speaks and when we listen with faith and hope to a voice, new life is, is given to the dead. The mournful and the brokenhearted rejoice and the humble poor believe and the sick are healed. So as I close, it is through this woman that we see faith in affliction. Faith will not always exist in calm weather. Sometimes faith exists in affliction. And when faith does exist in affliction, we can make it by going to church. We can make it by holding on to hope. And we can make it by hearing the voice of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>